This is Paul Billington bringing you another edition of the Bible in the News, having recently visited two exhibitions in Israel which powerfully reminded us of the events in 1961 when Adolf Eichmann, a chief architect of the Nazi Holocaust, was captured by Israeli agents in Argentina and brought to Israel for trial. At the exhibition in Tel Aviv, we were fortunate enough to meet and talk with the Mossad agent who curated that display. He told us how Eichmann was identified. The other exhibition was at Yad Vashem in Jerusalem, where it was set against the background of the Nazi Holocaust itself. It was here some years ago that we met with the late Reuven Daphne, who was the vice president of Yad Vashem at the time. He had been parachuted into Nazi-occupied Yugoslavia during the war, together with the Israeli heroine Hannah Shanez. She did not make it out alive, but Reuven Daphne did. These interviews have brought us just one step away from the horror of the Holocaust, sometimes also called the Shoah, as did a visit to the mass graves in Belsen, Germany. This is not pleasant stuff but it impresses you with the reality of what happened during those horrific times. It also impresses you with the truth of the Bible, especially passages like Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 32 to 34, and again verses 64 to 67, the Lamentations as well. It is no wonder that Jesus wept for his people when he foresaw their future. But another aspect of the whole story is brought to light by the information that was given at the exhibition on the capture of Adolf Eichmann. To give you the background, I will repeat the story of the capture and then make an important observation. The information sheet read as follows. Following the war, information regarding Nazi criminals was assembled by various agencies and individuals, including Nazi hunters who worked independently. In the early 1950s, due to more urgent priorities and lacking the capabilities required for a worldwide operation, both the General Security Services and the Mossad declined to dedicate the necessary resources required to track down Nazi criminals. Eichmann, who was captured by the Allied powers after the war, had escaped and eventually reached Argentina under a false identity. His wife, and son later joined him. Some time later, Eichmann's son, Nicholas, befriended a beautiful German girl his age, Sylvia Hermann. Nicholas was unaware that Sylvia's father was a Jew and a survivor of the Holocaust. The young man had no reservations about expressing his opinion of Jews. Lothar Hermann, who was blind, suspected that there was a family connection between Nick and Adolf Eichmann. He immediately communicated his suspicions to Dr. Fritz Bauer, a Jew who was serving as a chief prosecutor of Hassen in Germany. The latter passed the information on to the Mossad. However, two people who were dispatched to verify the information reached the same conclusion. The supposed owner of the house where they were sent, Mr. Schmidt, was definitely not Eichmann. Furthermore, 
the dirty and squalid suburb in which the house was located was not a place where a senior Nazi officer would have chosen to reside. The identity of the subtenant, Mr. Clement, whose name appeared on the electricity meter next to that of Mr. Schmidt, was never checked out. Two years later, in December of 1959, Bauer arrived in Israel for a meeting with the government's legal adviser and the head of the Mossad, and delivered a new piece of information. Eichmann had escaped to Argentina with the aid of the Vatican and a passport in the name of Ricardo Clement. Using this new information, Zvi Haroni was dispatched to Argentina. On his way there, he stopped off in Germany and, with the aid of a Jewish resident, prepared a copy of Eichmann's SS file, left for him by Bauer in his Frankfurt office. Within days, Harone had found the new address for Clement, 14 Garibaldi Street. Harone returned to Israel with photographs of the house, Clement's family, and Clement himself. The forensic lab of the Israel Police Department studied photographs, compared them to photos of Eichmann taken during the war, and reached the conclusion that Clement was most probably Adolf Eichmann. All of the intelligence material had been verified, was collected in a file entitled Dibok, the code name given to Eichmann. That's the end of the quotation from the information sheet. So that is how Eichmann was discovered. But I would point out that Adolf Eichmann escaped to Argentina with the aid of the Vatican and a false passport in the name of Ricardo Clement. Now, several writers have made the connection between Nazi war criminals and the Vatican. For example, the book by Mark Ahrens and John Loftus, entitled Unholy Trinity, tells of the Vatican activity codenamed Operation Ratline. Another book, entitled Nazis on the Run, by Gerald Steinacher, is also packed with information, information that was not made public at the time of the Eichmann trial. So, again, Bible truth is brought to light, endorsing what Scripture tells us of the great Roman Catholic apostasy. But the world is deaf to truth. It doesn't want to know. And because that is the case, there are those forces at work today that will seek to continue where the Nazis left off. And it is with the aid of the Vatican. Yes, the Bible is in the news all right, and will continue to be so for the beast must rise again to make war with God's people. In Revelation chapter 17, verses 12 to 14, we read this. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and, have, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So we await the day when the Lamb of God will come and destroy those forces of evil and establish righteousness and peace in the earth. Join us again next week, God willing, at www.bibleinthenews.com. <laughs>